0: Patreon.com slash Uh $4 a month gets you in there.
1: Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's The Walk-Off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. Wire.
2: And another one. My goodness.
1: Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having us. I love here. the uh, I love the background, buddy. And you like Brett, it. I've been
2: working
3: on it all weekend. So
1: you're about as Canada day as it comes, my friend. Look at that. Just <laughs> really in the spirit of things.
3: Got a Heineken Hawaiian dad shirt as well. Yeah. Hey, I've oh, got like- the same shirt if you want to match. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it at a uh, value village uh, before I went to Toronto. I was like, oh, well, wow. I probably like, eight of them. I have so many of them at this point, dude. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> I love Hawaiian shirts. That's my go-to. Oh, that's
3: so good. I don't have a lot of defining personality traits, but that's one of them Oh, Hawaiian shirts is
4: there.
3: The fact that I like baseball as well and, uh, yeah, drank some beer on occasion, including last night, which you know.
1: Occasion. Uh, I wish right. I could say the same. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what we will do here, um, Adam has to bail so I'll be kind of running everything and we will just uh he's going to count us in and stuff so hey Jack did you wind up getting your audio figured out there buddy hello Jen
5: yeah it should be good now
1: okay perfect well first of all thank you all four of you for taking the time to uh join us we're excited to get to it Adam does have to uh he's moving right now so he's in the middle of packing so I'm going to be uh kind of the lead host here, but uh I think we've all done this, so we should be I, able to get through and
0: before I disappear, I just want it on the record. I think this team should be sellers at the deadline at this point. That's
6: my topic. Oh. That's my topic. All right, okay.
0: Jen. Well you can note where I stand then when your topic comes
4: up. <laughs> I got all
3: yelled at right. for saying that a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah. I should just I, sell all the UFAs. I don't, I, mean, I don't think we should get rid of like Bo and Vlad. I'm not saying no, something no, crazy no, no. like that, but like Chapman should probably get rid of him while we can. Anyway, sorry. You guys have a great show. Are we good to count in Scott?
1: Yeah. Can everyone hear? I think people are hearing what I'm saying right now.
0: Oh yeah. You're unmuted. We're good.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm good to go then. If, every, I, if everyone's just heard me blather away, then sure. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get going then. Uh, Three, two, one, and we're
1: officially rolling. Hello and welcome to episode 213 of The Long Toss, everybody. I'm Scott Belford. normally joined by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. But as most of you probably heard me just say when I was unmuted and thought that I was uh, kind of... uh, Behind the curtain and you couldn't hear behind the fourth wall but now you know Adam is packing he's found a new place so he's a busy boy so we are going to do all the heavy lifting here we've got a heck of a panel before we introduce everybody, I will remind you folks, especially the Edmonton folks listening right now. We are trying to unite all Alberta Jays fans under one roof. Adam and I have started doing live podcasts. We did one in Calgary a couple of weeks ago, and it was a ton of fun. So please come out and, and check out the show. It's going to be a good time. And if you use the code walk off, you save five bucks on the tickets. The ticket link right now is pinned as our top comment in YouTube here. So to the whole grounds crew is following along, thank you so much. Feel free to get your comments in. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Of course, the super chat, you automatically get your comment read although you may need to wait for us to fit it in. So, before we do a bunch of boo hooing, obviously this uh this is kind of turned into therapy for me every Sunday where I invest my emotional energy into this baseball team. And then eventually by the end of the week, am incredibly disappointed and need to be built, by, by, built back up. And that's kind of the case again here. This Blue Jays team currently sits 45 and 40. Now, not great. A game and a half. Back of the last wild card spot. When you start breaking down the wins and losses, it gets really really disheartening. They are 0 and 7 against the Boston Red Sox. They are 1 and 6 against the Baltimore Orioles. They are 6 and 6 against the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are 38 and 20 against everyone else. There is a legitimate argument here to be made that two teams are single-handedly taking this team down and really jeopardizing the 2023 season uh hello brennan delaney welcome back to the show buddy how have you been you look great you got your canada day ears on your hawaiian shirt you're looking at your best bud
3: i've been good uh not not much is new for me i mean doing my prospects thing
1: and that's about it we are going to get into your prospects things. It's actually going to be my topic. I wanted to pick your brain on that, oh, okay. uh, Brent. Finally, we have managed to get you on the show, buddy. It One took of long the hosts enough, of, eh? did take long enough. We <laughs> tried many times, and to coordinate this yeah. has been tough. But welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for Thank uh, taking the time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I don't embarrass myself too much here. But I'm I glad to finally be here after the three months of us trying to figure it out. So.
1: Well, uh, we appreciate it, Jack Landry. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you so much. How's your weekend been?
5: Uh, pretty good, you know. Quiet Canada Day, fireworks going off all around, but you uh, enjoy it. Uh, Jay's not so much.
1: <laughs> I was actually, you know what my biggest my biggest Achilles heel is is I am so prone to being hopeful. I. <laughs> This team keeps giving me windows of hope and like an idiot, I keep buying in. Jen, our seasoned veteran on the long toss. Thank you for joining us again. We're always thrilled to have you. Where are you at currently on your hope level for this team to be a playoff team? And where has it has the needle moved since let's say Friday morning?
6: Okay, I'm gonna start off with a story of of, of how my, my day has gone. Okay. Um, so I live in a condo. I have a patio and I foolishly left my patio furniture out on the balcony uncovered throughout the entire winter, um, with a construction site on the property next door. And so I finally decided I wanted to maybe actually sit on my balcony this year and needed to clean off these layer the layers of, of grime and dirt off of my patio furniture. And I don't live in a house, so I don't have a hose. I don't have a backyard. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? This is more than just like wiping it down, right? What am I going to do? And so, um, I kind of looked at what I had resource wise, um, long story short, I ended up showering with my patio furniture. Um, <laughs> so I now have clean patio furniture and <laughs> Um, the Jays are also in a mess of their own making and are don't know that they have a bathtub big enough.
1: <laughs> Before the Red Sox swept them this weekend, were you feeling hopeful after them taking six out of nine against the Marlins and the A's and the Giants, even though those weren't AL East competitors?
6: Yeah, I mean, they were they were looking good, um, you know the giants were hot coming in and they took two out of three from the giants. And you, you know, you keep thinking like, Oh, they're going to get going. The bats are going, something is going to happen here. Right. There's a little spark and you think you see that little flame ignite. And then the next series it's quickly extinguished. Right. And you just watch this, this series against the Boston Red Sox. And they just keep finding new ways to lose. Truly. Really? And- Right, and it's brutal. And I was thinking today, even before today's game, back to last year's wild card uh, series, and just the horrendousness of that series. But then you, when you really look at it, you know Alec Manoa having his worst start of the season, and and in that wild card game, uh, and then the Gosman starts, which they absolutely should have won, and then found a way to lose it somehow. And I feel like that was a precursor for this season in a lot of ways, right? Like Mm -hmm. now looking at it in hindsight, Manoa is, you know, the greatest loss to this team in terms of they thought they could count on him and, and he had that, you know, we're hoping that he makes a decent start in double A tonight to see if there's anything there. Um, meanwhile, the bullpen is overtaxed with these bullpen days and the offense is not going. And I, I really don't know. And I said this on the show a couple of weeks ago, this team doesn't seem to at any point be able to get momentum.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And so I look at it like, okay, they're one and a half games out of a playoff spot. And if they do somehow limp into that wild card, is it just going to be a repeat of last season? Cause I'd almost rather them not make the playoffs. I think.
1: And this is where it's going to be really interesting because this team is good enough to truly sneak into the wild card. They absolutely are. In fact, they're even good enough to win that wild card and what's terrifying, they might even be good enough to win the division series which would mean that this front office has saved all their jobs. Like it's kind of a really weird spot that this team has found themselves in uh for an organization who claimed their mantra for 2023 was going to be attention to detail, to look after the small things. It's just nonstop missing the, the details, right? Like if, if you look at this, this series against the Red Sox gang. Okay. And you start adding up little things like, waving a guy when he shouldn't and there were two two cha- two uh examples of that right waving bow and the mess up yesterday with him being thrown out trying to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth there was waving bow after his double where he got threw out at second and scored the two runs and you know it's funny you brought up momentum jen because if you look at this team the way they play their games are is kind of a good example of the whole season right like you look at you look at they start to get momentum in a game and then they'll give up a home run, right? Like yesterday was a prime example of, of getting within striking distance of the Red Sox to come back. And I truly believe that that comeback could have been a real game changer for this season. They have yet to really show that they can change momentum in a game and make that big comeback late when like they were down six two. it would have been so huge.
6: That would have changed their fortune, obviously in that one game, but also to your point, maybe change their fortune for the season and I almost feel then, like
1: today's loss was kind of built on yesterday's
4: loss.
6: Right. Cause it was so deflating, so absolutely disastrous. And I picked up the hot mic right at the end of the game, just before they threw to Jamie Campbell and you could hear, he wasn't on screen, but you could hear John Schneider say, I don't know what to say. Right. Like that was, that was picked up by a hot mic. And I thought, yep, that's exactly correct.
1: Brent. What were your Mm -hmm. thoughts on this, this season series, or uh, forget about the season series. Let's just, (laughs) let's just microcosm this to this weekend. I I don't love being negative all the time. And this is the first series I've come into where like,
2: obviously things aren't going well. I, to me, I think this is the one that you don't like not winning against Boston, but I've said it time after time on our podcast. It's, I don't really care about your record against the AL East teams. It all that matters at the end of the day is what your record looks like at the end of the year, 162 games. Right now, like, yeah, we had a bad series, but they also had an okay week. And every other team that's in the battle right now had a bad week. We're talking the Astros went three and three. The Angels, I don't know how they finished, but they were at two and four coming into today. The Yankees went three and three against Oakland and uh, St. Louis. The Orioles went two and four, and the Rays are probably, what, three and or four and two right now? I didn't see how they finished either. But no team is running away with this right now. And we have eight, 76, 77 games left right now at this point. The Red Sox lost Hurts, sure. It was a bad series. Wipe it off, keep moving on. There's at some point, one of the teams in this battle has
1: to find their game. Hopefully that's us. Jordan Romano has been a question mark the last couple of weeks. Where are you at, Jack, on just how this team's bullpen is being utilized and the high leverage guys? Because we've watched a couple games be given up here.
5: Uh, Yeah, well, I I know the bullpen is spread kind of thin right now, but it's kind of proven now that forcing Romano in a non-safe situation is not a winning strategy, right? I mean, he's a fantastic closer most of the time. I give him all the credit in the world for that. But using a closer in a high-leverage, non-safe scenario, it's like running out of milk and subbing in orange juice in your cereal just because it's associated with breakfast. Like, it's the (laughs) dumbest thing.
2: Romano, too, specifically, his numbers are staggering. Doing the difference yeah. between his save save situations and non save situations, like it's two completely different pitchers. It's ridiculous.
5: Yeah, I think anyone, like even a casual fan, has noticed that it's just not working, and mm-hmm. and it's it's so weird. You know, if we were up one run in that situation, he would have come out there a different pitcher, and we can say that having seen it a million times. But I don't know what it. I mean, it's mental. It can't be anything else.
1: Brennan. You've been a big defender of Trevor Richards. This team would be screwed without him, wouldn't they? He's so good. I love Trevor Richards. Um,
3: Any role that you need him to pitch in, he does it, right? You want him to open up the game, he can open up the game. You want him to come in medium-leverage situations, he'll come in medium-leverage situations and do pretty well at it. Like He's kind of a reliever that bounces around between a three- 20 ERA to about four. but at the end of the day, you know that Trevor Richards is going to get the job done. And that's why he's probably my favorite pitcher in the bullpen. That's right Could he be higher
1: leverage or should they, <laughs> or like this is, this is the one thing with Trevor Richards that has been impression impressive that you touched on, right. Is that he has managed to any role they put him in succeed in, and I know that there were a lot of people calling for him to be DFA'd last year, even at the beginning of this season, it was yep. happening.
3: <laughs> I remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when I, and Brent, you're not alone, buddy. I I mean, I think all of us, even the grounds crew in the chat here can attest to the fact that there were times over the last two years yeah. where our patience for Trevor Richards had run out. Yeah. Um, I never, when wavered. it, no, when, did it not. when it, when it comes to, a strikeout guy. Brennan is 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 Trevor Richards who you're going to when you need a K at this point?
4: Yeah. I think
1: so.
3: Um the changeup is just insane. It's an 80 grade pitch and even the fastball itself um it's not like a plus pitch or anything but th- it does have some really interesting properties. So um it has the second highest raise out of any pitch in um you know, any fastball in the league. Um I think it's like I don't know the exact amount but it's it's up there it's like 3 inches of raised. Um so when he locates that the changeup plays pretty well off of that and that's what we've seen this season his success is because the fastball is being used well and the changeup is just it's it's a reverse slider that's what I call it. It bends down this way against lefties as someone who's a right-handed thrown.
1: it's just it's it's so unhittable. It really uh, he, is. Unhittable. He should be getting some more
3: power leverage too.
1: Because we've seen this from Trevor Richards before, right? Like we've seen stints of him be unhittable. I know Dolch Maris brings it up in chat here. He says Richards was the Jays best reliever in July and August of 2022, a 1.7 ERA and a 0. 0.7 whip. So my question to you, Brennan, is Trevor Richards for real? Is this the Trevor Richards we can expect going on out for the rest of the season?
3: Relievers are just so hard to peg. Um,
6: just for the season.
3: Not, Do you, you believe season, in him for twenty twenty three? Oh absolutely. Yeah? Um Jen, like how that, about you?
6: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we're seeing is is from this season is real and sustainable. Well,
2: since so since the impressive. since the third week onwards, he's shown no other reason to believe otherwise, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. So the fifth
1: pitcher in this rotation is currently about to start in double-A, right? Alec Manoa, New Hampshire Fisher-Cats. We have been limping through with bullpen days. Trevor Richards, like Brandon mentioned, right? Whatever spot you put him in has kind of exceeded uh, our expectations. Bowden Francis has been phenomenal. The other guy that they got in the Rowdy Telez tread with Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Brent, do you see this sustainable though? Like at what point does this team need to fill this fifth starter hole? And do you expect them to do so before the trade deadline? I don't see it coming
2: before the trade deadline, or maybe at the trade deadline, I can't see it happening, but I think it does need to be a need that is filled soon. Cause like we've mentioned about Trevor Richards, yeah, he can fill that, that opener role, but I would much rather see him in a role where the, at the back end of the bullpen where he's probably a little more needed right now. If you have him running out there for 40, 50 pitches every fifth day, you're kind of wasting him for the rest of the week.
1: Does anyone here think Trevor Richards should be stretched out as that fifth starter? He's already hit 65 pitches. He's kind of regularly being put in into these situations where he's, you know, pitching three, four innings. Is there an argument to be made or is he just too valuable currently as this guy that they can use in any situation?
2: How far can you realistically stretch him out? Like what's what's your cap on how far you can stretch out Trevor Richards today 80 pitches. pitching? 80 so 80's getting you six. Four innings? and
1: five innings? I don't even think it on gets you day? six. I think no. I think you're trying to get four and five out of him if you're stretching him in this scenario. So now you're running into a scenario
2: where your starter's hopefully getting you four or five. I don't think that's a scenario you want to hit.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And it comes back to the, the milk and orange juice comment. Like, he is a reliever. And if mm-hmm. you take him out of a role that he has excelled in and
4: try and, you know, get more out of him, you're going to end up with another, you know, Romano in a tied ninth inning. Yeah, I would say that this, I, like, I, it's funny.
1: I want more flow right now, but it's just, when it comes to this fifth starter hole, like, how do we even fill the void because you, you look at this team and their prospects they have are either super valuable and you don't want to move them because you're sacrificing the future or maybe they're too much of a long shot and teams don't want a bunch of lottery tickets and you can't fill that void. And then within, does anyone here think Hinjin Ryu could be an option? Like what can we expect out of him? Jack, I'm curious what your thoughts are on a guy and listen, Hinjin Ryu has a track record. So that is one positive here. But how much can you depend on a guy that just went through Tommy John surgery? It's a lot to ask.
5: It's it's a huge ask and you know, Ryu is really the the wild card in this equation uh for I think the the Jays' front office. They would be taking an absolutely massive gamble making any moves for starting pitchers until we know what, you know, Ryu 2.0 looks like. And then there's the Manoa variable. Like, is he going to get his stuff back? So you have two uh, two pitchers that you know can be great. You've seen them be great. Uh, you're paying them a good amount of money to be great. Um, so if you make a trade, you're not going to get much for either of these unproven right now guys. Uh, One of them coming off of major surgery and one of them just completely in the dumps. So you can't do much as a front office other than kind of wait it out and hope for the best. And I kind of think that's their only move right now.
2: The the Rangers kind of already set us off here though. Sorry. Um, like the Rangers are already kind of jumping the gun on the trade deadline and bringing in probably one of the better relievers available, whatever you think about him as a person, whatever (laughs) he's one of the better relievers available. Um, If they're a team that wants to compete and that's going to do that, should the Jays not, if they plan on competing, should they not also be making a move to bring in some sort of starter like a Giolito or maybe not a Stroman because Stroman's probably not going to be available anytime soon, but someone that's you could bring in to be a stopgap for now and, Hell, if Manoa comes back good and Ryu looks like vintage Ryu, then you're looking at a seven depth starting rotation. Like, I don't think that's an issue. Exactly.
5: We're looking for a 2015 David Price silver bullet, and it's just not there. Like, it doesn't exist.
2: No, but I don't think you need that this year. You've got four starters that at the the top of their game have been some of the better starters in the AL this year. (laughs)
6: I had suggested on Twitter using Nate Pearson as an opener, since he can't go more than uh, pitch back-to-back games anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, again, it's still a stopgap measure. Like we're not actually solving any problems here. We're just sort of at the bare minimum, being able to get Trevor Richards back into the bullpen where I think he would be most useful to this team. Right. (laughs) That's, that's, and I'm just looking at if, you know, asset management. If you can't put Pearson in back-to-back games, then the opener role actually seems suited to him. Um, You know, my my concern is that they're going to look at both Manoa and Ryu and bet on one of them being able to step in and and fill that fifth starter spot. And I don't think they are going to go out and get a starter for that reason.
1: That's a fair concern, though, because you're concerned about that because this is the way they approached trade deadlines the last couple of years, right? It's can we fix this with minimal?
6: That seems to be their MO. And I mean, even on, uh, I guess, I think it was on Blair and Barker and Schneider was on, on Friday and it wasn't, they weren't talking about pitching. They were talking about hitting and they were talking about Kirk having to hit so far down in the lineup because his bat's not going. And, you know, Schneider's comment was, well, you know, If he can get his back going, well, then that's like an addition. No, it's not, because you were relying on him all season. It's not an addition. It's a guy doing what he's supposed to do, right? And that's how I, 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 but I think that's how this front office will look at Manoa and Ryu. Oh, if one of them can step in, it's like an addition.
1: Listen, we have had some hitters get hot and who have managed to do the job in that cleanup spot, but there has really been nobody who has taken the job. And I think that it has been pretty detrimental to this team and the way that their offense has been put together. Brant, can you speak a little to the lack of production that this team has seen in that 4-5 hole as the season has progressed?
2: I wish I could. Um, like the, the numbers don't make any sense. They're all like they're hitting well as a team, as long as there's no one on base. And there's nobody that's stepping up to be that four hitter because nobody can hit when it matters. And as individuals, their numbers all look at least above average to good, like at, at worst. But when you put the whole team together, it's just, they're not getting anything done. And no one's stepping in to be that cleanup hitter that can drive in runs and do a job when they need to do it. it I don't know what it is. But it's just as a team, they haven't figured it out.
1: Brennan, do you believe in clutch? Yep,
3: I do. I don't think it's as important as some Derek Jeter fans believe, but no, I, I feel like you do need to be clutched to hit when runners are in scoring position or when your team needs runs.
1: Um, again, would you like move Brent this said, batting order around? Like, what would you do to try and stimulate this offense a little bit? is there there a guy I don't even know right like early
6: sorry go ahead you go I was going to say today notwithstanding belt shouldn't be hitting third
3: no
2: no, um
6: right uh and you know everybody keeps talking about or has mentioned that they do need a a right-handed bat um is it possible that if Seattle falls far enough out of it they get back a certain Sir, I it they up take on Twitter. It's entirely possible. Will they he's take Adam up, Maco and Cash? Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, Oscar's would, been, like, really good over the past yeah. few months, I think. Like, he always starts off really slow, but like, it was, like, last season, too. After June, he had, like, a 150 WRC plus or something. He's up to 111 now, and he was down earlier, so he'd be a and great addition. And that's
1: kind of that's to Brant's point there, Brennan, in that... This team, if you individually take the players and look at their numbers, it's fine. But when you put it together, it has just been a, a pretty consistent problem for scoring runs. Any I, I, answers? Does, is, does anyone have a thought on like, I, I guess my question to you for is when you watch this Jays team, is there any moment where you're like, why is he doing this? Why isn't this guy here?
3: I mean, I it, missed the entire series. So. <laughs>
4: That's they my they mentioned process there.
2: on the broadcast today. They mentioned it, and I don't hate the idea. Given the way George Springer's hit at the top of the lineup right now, would it hurt to move him down into like the three-four spot? Maybe see if he can stir up something while he's hot. See if he can do it. But on the flip side of that, George Springer has, I think it's like seventy-eight plate appearances with runners in scoring position. He doesn't have an extra base hit. Wow. So I don't I don't know if he'd be the guy, but I'd love to give him the chance to see maybe that with the way he's hitting right now that he could turn turn on one with runners on, turn one run into three instead of hitting a solo shot to lead off the game.
6: Yeah. Right now I don't know if there is a guy, but I agree with dropping George down in the lineup and seeing if that does anything. Um and I am still not enamored with uh pinch hitting. Espinal for Varsho. No. Just to get a just to get the uh the right-handed bat in there. I I I still don't quite understand why that's happening, especially no. with what they gave gave up for Varsho. Let Varsho go out there and yes. do what he's supposed to do. What you went out and got him to do.
2: Especially when one swing of the back can change the game and Espinal's not going to do that for you. Absolutely. Varsho can run into one even against a lefty. Yeah. yeah. Espinal's not going to do that.
6: Yeah
5: but I think this speaks to the the greater problem here and that we have the pieces and there is a way to rearrange them and there is a way to properly utilize them and it's not happening. So Mm. at a certain point we have to stop, I mean, or at least consider not blaming the players. Like there's, there's a mismanagement happening with these, these amazing assets we have on this team.
6: John Schneider keeps talking about consistency And that if you're consistent, there will be results. But we're more than halfway through the season at this point. And it has been relatively disappointing results from this offense. And it has been
1: consistently.
6: Yeah. Right. So (laughs) I don't understand the reluctance. I, I understand not trying something just for the sake of trying something new. I don't believe in just throwing names into a hat and pulling them out. And that's the order you throw up on the wall. Right. But I do think you can be a little bit more strategic, um, especially given how certain players are hitting right now and build your lineup around that. Tampa Bay does it all the time. All the time. They are not Mm -hmm. locked into one through nine. And I really think, whether that's Schneider or the team around Schneider making those decisions, I don't know, but I'm going to put it on Schneider because he is ultimately the one who fills out that lineup card. I mean, that is the one thing the Tampa Bay Rays
1: do better than almost anybody is that they are so malleable. They are able to go with the flow when teams are rigid in the way they set their lineups. I really think it is a detriment to them. And Tampa doesn't have any of that. There are no there are no self-imposed roadblocks when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays. And if a guy gets hot, they will move him up the lineup. If a dude. Is showing he can't hit lefties. They'll figure out a way where they can platoon him. They are the best team in baseball and maybe in sports in taking their assets and putting them in positions to excel where other teams may miss the boat on giving them those opportunities. And as a Jason, fan, I, I know we're all speechless. So it, like, it's just so frustrating because you're like, why can't we do this? Uh, there are 28 other fan bases also screaming this. So that's the one you know good takeaway there but it is really frustrating and going to chat here uh choo says i hope they stand pat at the deadline or if we suck it up or if we suck up to the deadline become sellers we aren't winning anything this year now i don't necessarily agree with that i think that this team is i i kind of said it off the top i think they're They're going to do what they're doing right now for the rest of the season, and they might get into the wild card. They might not. If they go on, let's say, an eight-game winning streak, I do think that changes everything, but this team has constantly kind of done that, given us a little window of hope, and then pulled off a series like Boston just did.
4: But I am curious.
1: Yeah. No, Go ahead and jump in. So
3: last season, Philly was one of the worst teams in the playoffs, right? The season before that, Atlanta was one of the worst teams that made it to the playoffs. Um, If you make it in, you can win. All you need to do is get hot. And I find baseball is probably really the only sport where the best team almost never wins, like Houston did last season. But again, you had Philly there. You had Atlanta the year before. You had Washington, who had a good season in 2019, but they also made it. The so, Dodgers
2: have also, been the best team in baseball for how long? And they've won one World Series over the course was the, of that time.
3: It was the one year where the two mm-hmm. best teams in the league mm-hmm. also made it to the finals because yeah. of the COVID short. So yeah. I just, I think your goal should be the wild card spot number three because you just avoid all of the AL ways. <laughs> you, you'll play, you'll play uh, the Twins who you'll probably be better than record-wise. And then you'll play the probably the Rangers. And we all know the history of Toronto kicking. Texas is bought in the playoffs. But no, I, I, I feel like you should add maybe sell, like sell off the the people that will be free agents at the end of the season. But this is definitely a playoff team, even if they yeah. haven't lived up to their um, potential yet. That's just my personal opinion. Others may differ, but no, if, I, I think that they can win. If you I walk agree. into a
2: playoff series, sorry, if you walk into a playoff series with Gosman, Barrios, and any of the other two guys pitching to what they've been doing this year, you can win any series. All, it, be, all it needs is some good games out of your starters.
5: Hundred percent, and like not to beat a dead horse, but twenty fifteen, we've seen it happen. We've seen a dramatic turnaround after the All Star break. Um, you know, it's it's possible to just kind of sneak in, and once you're there, all bets are off.
6: I mean, I I agree with that. But Gosman had a great game in the wild card series sure. last year, so. Yes, he did. It, sure, uh, right?
2: but our bullpen is a hell of a lot better than it was going into that As- wild card game
6: last absolutely, year. Absolutely, but the they're difference. also getting pretty tired.
5: Yeah, sure. like remember who sure. we put in after Gosman? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: No, no, I know I'm just saying like we, you know,
5: Jen,
1: you bring up a really good point because we watched this happen in 2022 and we watched it happen in 2021. We watched this organization burn out their good bullpen pieces. And I tweeted this this afternoon. I was like, Trevor Richards is not going to have an arm by the time we're done with him. He is already at 41 innings pitched this season, which is, if you look at last year, he pitched 62 innings. So he is on pace to beat last year by a 30% increase Eric Swanson right now has pitched 39 innings actually make it 40 because of the inning he pitched this game here and on top of that has made an appearance 39 times he's come out of the bullpen that is too much work for those two guys it just is and uh it's concerning
6: yeah, I would that's, just,
1: oh, sorry, Go ahead. No,
6: I was going to say, that's my concern. And and since we're talking about it, this was my topic for tonight, today's show, right? Will they yeah. be buyers, sellers, or, or stand pats? And I don't, they're not going to be sellers in the traditional sense because they, like they, or, or in any sense, sorry, because as long as they can sniff a wildcard spot and with the increase in season season ticket prices going up next year, there's absolutely no way that this front office is going to pull the plug on this team. Even if you wanted to argue that they should, they're not going to. So yeah, that really I feel the same way, right? That leaves being buyers or, or standing pat. If they're buyers, who are they trading? Mm-hmm. Right. They don't have a lot of valuable assets uh, in the farm system to trade away. Are they going to trade off of the major league roster? Would they be willing to trade the contracts that are expiring? That would include a Matt Chapman. Are they going to do that? Does that make the team worse? Right? So I, I think they might make a small move or two, but essentially stand pat.
2: Similar to last year's with the Whitmer. Yeah, I would say. Right. I, I, stuff I, like I, that. I see
1: I'll the same thing, right? Show, yeah. By the
3: way. All star went they the airfield. It was just, did an he answer. make it? Yeah. He did. He,
1: he, all star. So it was Bowen Witt and, and Gosman, Gosman, and Bo, Is Gosman is starting or is he just,
6: uh, I think he was just simply added.
1: Isn't okay. Chappie on there? No, no, no.
2: Who was okay. the other third baseman that would have made
1: it? Then? We'll get into this. This is yeah, a topic right, like this is on the show notes. So we will talk all stars in just a second here. But let's finish up Uh, the are they sellers? Are they buyers? Do they stand pat? And I know that there's a lot of talk in chat right now about should they rebuild? Like, should they completely tear this thing down? And I'm going to I and, and I could be biased on this because I'm just. I'm old and have seen too many rebuilds that just don't work out. It is such a trying process as a fan. And I'm not, I'm not there with this team where I think that they truly need to tear the walls down. I think that there is a lot of good things happening on this Toronto blue blue Jays team and the pieces that they have in place. I think that they need maybe a retool. And that's where I am interested in what you said, Jen, where you're like, is this front office, does this front office have the intestinal fortitude to trade their free agents and retool looking towards 2024. And I don't think they do. I think that that maybe should be the move that they go about, but I don't know if they do. Jack, when you look at this organization, what do you think the best route forward looking at 2024 is? And do you think that the front office has it within them to, to make the moves to do that?
5: Well, they've invested heavily um, in the hype machine for their core players, so I, I don't think a rebuild is at all possible. I, I, I just, there's been too much stock put in Vladdy being a generational player, even though Bo's clearly better. But whatever, um, it, it, we are, you know, as Jen said, like we are in a position where we can't do a damn thing. The ticket prices are going up. They cannot field field an objectively worse team next year and charge more money to see it. Um, It's just, it it doesn't make any sense. And they're in a bind here that you can really only get out of by trading up. So yeah, I think we could be seeing, you know, limited days of Matt Chapman on the Jays.
1: That is interesting. And I would be... I, everyone in chat, feel free to join in here on your thoughts on the Blue Jays moving Matt Chapman at the deadline here. Uh, Chris Lippingwell in the chat says, I think you guys are missing the elephant in the room right now. Base running and hitting with runners in scoring position has been terrible. Always blaming the pitchers. Puts pressure on the chuckers. Um Brent, do you want to step on uh, uh, talk a little bit about runners in scoring position and how much that has the la- the lack of doing so has affected this team? Well, that's the whole issue this year, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't is. know when
2: we blame the pitchers, but realistically, the pitchers have been great. The starters have been phenomenal for the most part. The bullpen's been good. Even the guys that started like crap in the bullpen have been better mm-hmm. as of late. But when it comes down to it, they just can't cash runs. And back to earlier, we just we don't really seem to have anybody that has the clutch factor. Like, is there anyone on this team right now that you see that you would expect to get a hit with a runner in scoring position? Personally, I don't have anyone.
1: I I mean Bo.
6: I would expect Bo perhaps Bo? to put the bat on the ball. And other than him, yeah. I there isn't somebody that I would want to be in that position and think, oh, this is the guy that I want here. Even yeah, Bo, like a field.
2: Bo, like I haven't, re- there hasn't really been a moment in a while where I've seen Bo do something big in a moment where it's tie game, runner on second, Bo drives him in with a double or hits a two run shot or something. There's not many as of late. There were a few earlier on in the season, but it seems like
1: nowadays there's not really anyone that's getting the job done. You know what we haven't had this season that we have had in previous seasons is a Chris Colabello type player, a guy who just kind of just comes gets out done. of nowhere and just gets it done. He's uh, a big bad in the middle of the order that maybe you didn't have to pay a bunch of money for, but just gets the job done.
5: I don't the, know.
2: The 2021 Lourdes Gordi at
5: Oh, I thought you were saying we needed someone that did steroids.
6: <laughs> we also <laughs> need that. in My head, too.
1: I'm really glad, Jack, you ran through my <laughs> read through my subtleties. I didn't want that to be lost on everyone. Yes. No, <laughs> but I mean you're uh, yeah. Can we have someone who can sneak under the radar as a cheater and just kind of get us there? And
5: t- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> peak, peak at 35 and do a bunch of ads for booster juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Let's talk all stars. Um, not a starter. Amongst the Blue Jays, does this bother anybody?
5: Nah, nah. We're, you know we have great pitchers, but we don't have like top tier pitchers right now.
1: I yeah, mean... and I mean, Bo Bichette probably should have beat Corey Seager out. I mean, Corey Seager played about sixty percent of the games that Bo did, but uh-huh. fan voting's fan voting. Brant, do you begrudge?
2: I think we Rangers pissed the fans. world off, yeah, yeah and I'm I'm I think that's all that, that happened. <laughs> yeah, because everyone was trying to get all the Jays in, and we got five guys in as finalists. And everyone's like, "Well, look at these Jays fans; they're trying to overrun us." So everyone voted against us, and I think it's we fair. we I united
6: mean, all of America.
2: Yeah, exactly. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> first <laughs> time that's ever been done, but we finally got it done.
5: So. But a lot of it, a lot of it makes total sense. Like, it's hard to argue a lot of them. I mean, we all mm-hmm. voted for Vit Wit. We yep. love Wit. Did anyone really think Witt deserved to be a starter over Marcus Semien? Like, no, yes. that's no. that's bananas. Okay. Did Bo get snubbed? I don't know. Yes. You could, well, yes. maybe. Uh, you could argue Bichette over Seager pretty easily on hitting stats and just presence for his team this season. But, like, Seager has 150 fewer at-bats. He's not far behind Bo in, like, all of the stats. So I get it, you know, but I'm looking at this as, like, a Mario Lemieux season, you know? He he could have amazing numbers, um, and his season was shortened. So you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he 100% think, deserves it over Bo, but there is an argument.
2: I think those arguments make sense for like the end of the season awards and stuff like that. But when you're only looking at half a season, and you've played 60% of half of that season, it's tougher to me to try and give that guy the nod, personally. The numbers are comparable, but Bo's been doing it day in and day out.
5: Yeah, and longer track record. I guess yeah. The- No, that's completely fair. But I mean, yeah, definitely not wit over Samian. No,
2: none of the other ones would have made
5: sense.
6: No, I didn't vote once uh, because I just don't care enough to be completely honest. It's it's uh, it's it's fun for the kids.
4: Yeah. Uh,
6: (laughs) Other than other than Bo, not a single J did deserve to be a a starting player. So I'm absolutely fine that, you know, all of the United States decided to outvote Canada. I even I mean, think it was that... kind
3: of deserved to be honest. Pardon? We it
2: was know. kind of deserved. Maybe
6: yeah. Not gonna lie.
2: People got real cocky about voting in all the
1: finalists. It was yeah. kind of getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, even with Vladdy, I love the way MLB kind of handled Vladdy because he is the face of the Blue Jays, whether he has uh perform to where we thought he would at this point in his career or not is irrelevant he is the face of this team and he is probably the best known player on the blue jays and i kind of love that he's not on the all-star team but they have wedged him into the home run derby and he is going to be a part of the celebration and he is going to be representing toronto and and be that recognizable face uh brennan do you like that vladys in the home run derby
3: Oh, I think it's fun. That it was a great time. That was my favorite home run derby in 2019. So I think that's the last time I actually watched one. But uh, no, it's it's great that he's in there. It's it's fun to watch for the kids, especially. It's fun when you have a G in there as well. And even even getting in as a reserve, which he did, is also
4: yeah
3: pretty good. Like he's still oh, he's... having a good season. Yeah, yeah. But he, it's I, just I, not what you expect. I don't think he's generational and. It sucks to say, but it's been five years now. He is someone who will probably be a perennial All Star, but I don't think he's going to be like generational. It's just, it's sad to say, but I am happy he's in the home run derby to answer the question.
1: Brennan, do you think Bo's generational?
3: He's one step below generational. His defense was a little (laughs) bit better. It's getting better. In fairness, he has the tools, like significantly upgraded. He does have the tools to be it at worst an average defender it was to me it was more just his internal clock was not good but like two seasons it's a lot better this year he's not making nearly as many errors he's calmer when throwing the ball over to Vlad who also makes great stretches but i I'd, I'd say he's one step below generational
1: jack Francis do you like Platt. the home run derby
5: i love the home run derby i i think it's oh, sorry did you say jen jack
1: i said you nailed it buddy you were
5: (laughs) okay i love it i think it's great for the game i think it it attracts young fans specifically i mean i remember when i was a kid we'd watch the home run derby and then we wouldn't watch the actual all-star game like no one would give a shit i think it is um potentially problematic for for the arms of players involved you know i i I mean i know players often do not want to participate because of the risk but I mean, for Batty and for Vladdy. Yeah, this is just extended BP and he could use it. So I'm fine with that.
1: Quick correction here too. Vladdy is on the all-star team as an alternate. I know I said he wasn't sorry. They announced the alternates here, everybody. Well, we were doing the show and I'm trying to do both host and it. So my apologies, but yes, Vladdy is an alternate on the team. Uh, Jen, I know we've talked about this before, but do you like the the home run derby? And is there anything within the All Star break that you would change to make it more enjoyable?
6: I think the home run derby is a ton of fun, um, right? and it's really it's really the only skill I think that they can showcase without there being an even bigger risk of injury, mm-hmm. right? Like I do like the NBA Skills Competition. I think that's a ton of fun, and I would love to see at the major league baseball all-star break i would love to see like you know a stolen base challenge i would love to see you know like things like that the but bunt
2: the bunt derby
5: that they do the in japan bunt the bunt derby, derby in they, japan yeah
6: yeah like there's so many things th- that i think they could do but i think the risk of injury is so much higher that the home run derby is the one thing that they can do to showcase a player's like one talent and and kind of make it exciting so I don't know if they could figure out a way to insert some of these other skills into some sort of competition that would be my way of improving it
1: that would be so fun I think I love too that Mookie Betts is in this year's home run derby I love little guys hitting bombs I'm pretty pumped about that (laughs) uh Brent, do you have any favorite home run derby moments like they looking back on the home run derby is there any that stood out to you there's not many that beat the josh hamilton home run derby for me
2: i don't know why i just remember that he didn't even end up winning it but like the run that he went on back in the old Mm -hmm. format too where he just hit everything for every round except the last one was incredible um obviously the vlad one's cool i'm a big bryce harper guy so watching bryce win it with his dad was also super cool yeah Um, I don't know. I think the that's one home thing run they've actually done a pretty good moments.
1: job of, eh? With the home run yeah. derby is there have been those moments. Like even yeah. last year with pool holes was cool.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I J-Rod, that, like
2: both in that derby and like seeing them mm-hmm. both go at it kind of was really cool. I don't I I think they should just do this derby for stuff like that. Like, I don't care if you're in the all-star game. Like if you can stand up there and be Pete Alonzo and be an absolute lunatic and mash homers and look like a meathead the rest of the time. That's fine, <laughs> but he makes the derby so much more fun just by doing stupid stuff like that. Or you have Bryce's dad throwing him stuff like that, where he's throwing him cutters and he's still hitting them 500 feet, like stuff like that. was is what makes the derby more fun. I think that should be a thing every year.
1: Couldn't agree more. Anyone have anything to add on the home run derby here before I go to chat?
5: I will just say, as as a millennial, a 90s kid, I mean nothing. When I think of Home Run Derby, the first thought that will always come to mind is 1998, Ken Griffey Jr. And, Plug fast. <laughs> and, and, you know, like there's something about I know that was kind of the steroid era of baseball and it's tainted and everyone's memories. But like that was that was just pure showmanship. And mm-hmm. I would love to see that that style of baseball, uh, you know, showmanship return.
1: Jack, we're about the same age. And I honestly, 1998 home run derby, like I was 16. And I remember how captivated I was like, just like, I remember bouncing around my living room, just like, this is crazy. So if they, if they, they have something with the home run derby. And I do love the idea of what Jen touched on of like showcasing, you know, some other skills would be pretty darn cool. I know they showed Ronald Acuna Jr. This was just this isn't even a skills thing or anything, but they just showed him in foul territory, casually throw a ball into left field from the other side of the the diamond. And it was just so crazy to see. And I'm like, how far could he throw? Like if, like, if you get, if you get a Cunha, uh, like a running start and just see the distance, that would be such a cool.
2: (laughs) Was it like uh, like a JBJ with arms? Yeah, was it JBJ that threw the one over center field like yes back when he was JBJ in Boston? JBJ
1: from behind home plate. That mm-hmm. was a few
2: years ago. That was mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. St- guys like that that you don't really think of until they do something cool like that, and you're like, whoa, that's just ridiculous. Like watching Vlad in warm-ups when he'll throw balls up to the 500, and people are like, oh, that can't be that hard. That's so far to yeah. throw balls up that far, and like what he can do is just ridiculous. To see those type of talents from those guys, it's insane.
1: So this is a, a bit of a left turn here, but I love this comment because I did see the video. So iHomer360 says, has anyone seen Mark DeRosa break down Vladdy's current swing compared to 2021 on MLB.com? It's pretty devastating. And I don't know, did, it, did any of you foresee this by chance? So basically he put it side by side and broke it down and it was wild how drastically different it looked. And one of the things that I found myself thinking while looking at it was, if someone can point this out to me, an idiot, and it be obvious, how is this not something that the Jays' coaching staff is is taking on head head on? Uh, I, obviously they are, obviously they are like, I'm not saying that this isn't like one of the major concerns within the coaching staff of the blue Jays is getting Vladdy, right. But when you look at his compared swings and it's so drastically different, how do you go about fixing that? Like at this point is the, I know we talked about this last week and I don't want to get too into it, uh, but Jen, I know you kind of touched on it last week. Is there a coach on the hot seat at this point? Like, is are we getting to the point where we could possibly see Dave Hudgens or, or somebody like that sacrificially fired? So
6: I haven't seen the video, but if the difference is so drastic, my question would be why? What led to those changes? Was it the coaching staff who had to develop with? those changes? <laughs> right? See, because I, question, I don't sorry. understand. I don't understand otherwise why a player in an off season or would, would decide to change their swing or change their stance. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that it's the, it was under the coach's tutelage that he changed it. So my first question is why, right. Mm -hmm. How did he, why did he change it? Um, And if that has anything to do with the coaching staff, then that might explain why, you know, even though you an idiot, can undersee what's going on. (laughs) They haven't changed it yet, right? Because for whatever reason, they think it will pay dividends if he's consistent with it. I'm just speculating at this point, obviously, right? right? Um, But I've been saying for a while that I do think uh, a coach could absolutely be on the hot seat. This has been a disappointing season, Um, particularly from the offense point of view. This has been a very disappointing season. You can't fire Schneider. Uh, whether or not he deserves to be is a different story, but you can't fire Schneider this season, uh, maybe in the off season, if things really go sideways. Um, but if you wanted to send a message or you wanted a new voice in there, then it has to be the coaching staff right now, right? It would have to be a member of the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And I've advocated for that. I keep using the, 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 analogy of a therapist, right? You get what you can from a person. You learn everything you can. And then it's not that they they're no longer good. It's that you've learned everything you can from that person. And you now need a new voice in your ear.
2: I think the question kind of gets muddled a little bit when it comes to guys like Vlad or Bo or some guys like that, because I don't know if you know, but Vlad's dad was a pretty good hitter himself. So -hmm. when he goes home and he listens to guys like him who are telling him to do something, I don't know if you take in from very many other people on trying to make changes to your swing. If your dad, who is currently a hall of famer is telling you to do something, I. Probably personally, I would probably stick that route.
1: And then I don't know this if you is, can get anything on your coach. His uncle this works is, with him a lot too. This right. is, and this is the other thing, right? All of these guys have personal hitting coaches, mm-hmm. have people they're going to who know their swing, have their Uncle Wiltons, right? So uh, I, well, I, the worked true. with Troy Tulowitzki all offseason,
2: right? That was another exactly. thing. Like they all have their own guys that are teaching them stuff like this.
1: So I am curious if that is the case and all these guys have their own guys. How much of an influence would say a Guillermo Martinez be on these guys? This was one of my topics I had today, by the way, but. I'm burning everyone's topics here. Um,
3: <laughs> one thing I would like to also point out is that I think starting last season, he started to have wrist injuries, too, which could well, really, which could yeah, really affect. It changes your story. swing a hell of a lot. Yeah. Can' look real bad if it's like if it's arthritis or something, it's something that it may be more so, comfortable for him to how we swing at it right now, which and is... that's
1: really interesting, Brennan. And I know that that has been a topic of conversation is that maybe Vlad is injured and has a bad wrist. uh Jack, if that's the case, is that just negligence on the Blue Jays organization?
5: I think that the the Blue Jays organization, yeah, I, first of all, if he is getting different hitting. Uh, coaching advice from two different sources and they're not in unison and synced up. That's a problem. So <laughs> like you can't have two different voices coming in your ear telling you to hold the bat two different ways and come out of it doing either one of them the way they want. Somewhere to. in the middle. So mm-hmm. I I don't know if this is just a player having too many inputs. I don't know if this is a player that is, you know, just struggling to find his swing again, uh, I don't I don't think that there's anything physically uh, we can attribute to this. I, I really just think there's a lot of inputs, uh, as Brent suggested. And uh, look, he's a great player, but he's not a consistently great player. And as Brennan said, I don't think he's a generational player, despite all the hype that was given to us. He's good. That's it.
6: I agree. I don't think he's generational. and I'm not even sure he's a step below generational. I think he's a step below a step below.
3: Barney and Ulster.
6: Okay.
1: <laughs> We're going to go around the horn here. And just a yes or no answer. Does Vladi hit another 40 home run season? Brent? I think so. I think Brennan. if he changes launch angle, he's hammering balls. I think he I could think do I think so. It. Yeah. Jack?
5: 50. Yes. In pinstripes. Oh, <laughs> never.
1: Jen?
6: <laughs> yeah, I think so. He hits the ball hard. So yeah, if yeah. he can figure out that swing, I don't see why he can't have another 40 home run season.
2: He's what, 97th percentile and maximum X velocity or average X velocity too? Like both of them are 95 or higher right now. Yeah. Like he's still hammering the ball right now. He just can't get it in the air. He
1: mashes it on the ground. Yeah. To, to speak on a little bit of the many different voices in some of these guys' ears. Uh, Daltramuris brings up a really good point here. He says that that came out in the Anthony Telford interview with the walk-off. So we talked to Anthony Telford, who was uh, the hitting coach, or sorry, the pitching coach of Nate Pearson and runs a complex in Florida where guys come and work with him and he kind of mentioned he says MLB coaches are constantly tinkering with pitchers and hitters and sometimes the players should not change and the reason he was saying they're constantly tinkering is that they want to take credit for success right because it, it does help their profiles moving forward as a hitting coach or even a special instructional uh guy who gets hired right a a consultant of types i guess there's no real i'm not throwing this to anyone i more just brought this up as like yeah like there there's a lot of guys who have a lot of people in their ears and there's a lot of ulterior motives maybe beyond just trying to get a guy right um anyone want to touch on that before we move completely to the next topic
2: I just think anyone wants to be the guy that said, yeah, I helped Aaron judge hit 63 homers last year. Like it, it, it gives you a job probably if you're the one that said, look what I did for judge. I can do that for your team. So I I think everyone's going to be
5: trying to make their, like without a doubt, right. That gives. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, and to draw from a different sport here, if you look at what happened a few years ago with the Toronto Raptors, um. Everyone knows the name of 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 the person that was working on Kawhi Leonard's knee and keeping him, you know, healthy throughout the season. Great
1: example, Jack.
5: So that's yeah, you can you can earn a lot of fame from just being the person that you know keeps an athlete healthy and successful, and uh, that certainly set a precedent in this town.
1: It did. It did. Uh, Okay, well we'll we'll go around the horn one more time here. Uh, Do you think? Again, established Vladdy to everyone here. Not quite that generational level. Very good ball player, obviously. Does anyone think he'll hit 50 home runs? We don't even need to go around the horn. Feel free to speak up if you think 50 is a possibility. I think I'm out on 50. I I think 48 is probably going to be his career high. I hope I'm wrong, but anyone feel 50 is a possibility?
5: It is. Uh, uh, Jose Bautista, for instance, like look at a player like that, that, you know, he got to, you know, his autumn years in his career and was suddenly at his prime. It can happen. It's rare, but it happens.
2: If he changes his entire approach and he isn't trying to get on base or trying to work counts <laughs> and do it stuff like that, and he's just going for homers, the guy could probably hit 65. Like if we're being yeah. if we're being honest, he's got the power to do it, but he's got to commit to trying to be a homer guy. I don't know if you want him to do that. Yeah. But he could be a guy that could hit 50, 60 homers, and I wouldn't bat an eye.
1: So we'll leave this topic on this. New Brunswick Canada guy says, at this point, I think Vlad is not as good as Carlos Delgado was for the Jays, which, I mean, it's long probably the biggest, the biggest Hall of Fame snub out there, Carlos Delgado. So like, still pretty darn good, right?
2: <laughs> not a Hall of Famer, though.
1: Not a Hall of Famer, though. Nope. Okay uh let's talk the the playoffs and the al east currently and where we're all feeling on it uh if you look at the al east right now obviously the tampa bay rays are in the lead the toronto blue jays 11 and a half back of the division the division's gone i don't think there's anyone out there who can convince me anyway i want to meet the jays optimist fan that thinks that the division the is still in play actually it would be a nice breath of fresh air
5: Oh, I'll um, totally play devil's advocate there. I'll totally can, be that guy. I can't I can try. wait, Jack. <laughs> and I'm pessimistic as hell. So this will be fun.
1: Okay. The Orioles are six back of the Rays and uh, five and a half ahead of the Jays. The Jays are currently one and a half back of the wild card, one and a half back of Houston and New York, who are tied for that wild card spot. Let's start with the Baltimore Orioles. Brent, do you feel when you look at this, still a ton of baseball to play? Yeah. The Orioles have had the Jays number all season long. Mm -hmm. They're six and one against the Jays. Mm -hmm. Do you think Toronto can catch Baltimore? Or is that also at this point? Like I've eliminated the Rays as catchable in my mind. In right. your mind, is Baltimore? I don't think alive? we
2: can catch the Rays, but I think there are teams that could catch the Rays. Um, okay. But in terms of Baltimore, I think Baltimore is definitely catchable. Their rotation okay. isn't good. No, it's not. Realistically, they're just hammering balls and they're scoring a lot of runs.
3: Ooh. Chase don't do that.
2: No. Eventually, <laughs> I, eventually I think you're going to come across a point where the Orioles' luck kind of runs out offensively. Yeah. Like they They got a lot of guys riding highs right now that I don't, think they're going to carry that on for 162 maybe maybe 100 but i think at some point you're going to hit a wall where that rotation isn't going to be good enough to carry you through wins whether or not we can make up five and a half games without beating them i don't know because it just has not gone very well so far but if you go on a run against the if we sweep the orioles in our next series against them we're if if it stays the way it is until that point that puts us two and a half back and
1: you're looking at a good good run for the back half Jen, with where the Jays are at,
4: do you see them possibly getting the number one wild card spot?
1: Do In I see? Fact, you know what? Let me let me change the question. Where okay. do you honestly just feel this team will wind up?
6: I think more Most than likely. I, mean, I more know, than I know likely they will make the wild card. More than likely. Uh, the Yankees have had a lot of injuries and could be better than we've seen from them. So, I don't know that the Jays are necessarily going to catch or keep pace with the Yankees. Um, if they're close, then it all comes down to what is it they don't play them again until the third week of September, the season, Mm -hmm. right. Um, and that could end up being an absolutely pivotal series, right? We'll we'll see. Um, I don't think the Jays are catching the Orioles. I just don't. I think that this. I, I didn't think the Orioles would be in this position up to this point. Um, and I think we've seen enough out of them that one way or another, you, you're right. The rotation isn't isn't anything to write home about. But the um, fact
1: they've won in spite of it is like mind blowing.
2: Is Absolutely. this not what they did last year though? Was it it was yeah, last they, year they that they were riding high for most of the season and then the last month and a half they just were not good again? I I don't think they can continue to do that every year. I don't I can't see them riding that rotation out and being successful for 160. But
6: they are in a better position to trade.
3: They sure. can literally do whatever sure. the heck.
4: They yeah, they can do whatever they money. want. And they
6: much better, so much they're money. in a much better position to add, and they, they the sure. have yeah, They have a lot
1: yeah. of
5: chips. They have a lot of yeah.
1: Oh my they god. Do. The Orioles are just I, I envy them, and I hate that feeling. I hate the feeling. I miss feeling. when they were bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I miss when they were bad. Were those better times, everybody? Uh, just my, quick. But you know what? That's
5: how everyone felt about us a couple of years ago when we had all these promising uh, bright young stars that mm. honestly just aren't panning out. Like, it, it's such a, a cutthroat game, and you can be hyped up to Vladdy levels and then be Vladdy.
1: So going to chat here, uh, Taco Time says, called it, by the way, and I can attest to that. Taco Time has had the back of the Orioles and thought they were real all along. Uh, I did not, but I am eating my words and the Orioles are for real, even though their starting pitching sucks. I even think like if they go out and do something crazy, which they could at the deadline because they have the prospects to spend. And they could spend a major prospect without really affecting the team, right? Yep. So if they go and do that and they go get a big-time stud pitcher, the Mets have some available, right? Like the the Padres have some available. Some of these bed, big spending teams that would love to have someone come in and eat up a contract could do that. Like Snell uh, and the Baltimore. Orioles. Like
5: Snell or something. It's cursed. So,
2: would the Orioles do it, though?
5: Well, i know the they have, have
2: the chips but one. when when have they ever done it
5: because they have the assets to like win for the next few years if they hold mm-hmm. on to everything like you'd be mortgaging right. your future for exactly for what if, when one have shot? they ever
3: done that they legitimately can still trade a bunch of prospects that's they're
5: what i was going to say is prospects.
3: i don't know, no,
1: I know. If they even are mortgaging their future because they have they're so Crazy. deep.
2: but what if, what if you end up missing on some of the guys you keep Is That that seems to be like what the Baltimore Orioles mantra has been my entire lifetime is they just keep on trying to bring up their own guys. And when it doesn't work, you ship them out of town and bring in new guys. Yeah, I, I don't recall a time when the Baltimore Orioles have been in the trade market for someone that's been at the top of the list and they brought them in with their prospect capital that they've had and they've been rebuilding since
1: 1985. And the Rays continue to do Rays things. I know Daltramaris brings up Jose Siri, and I mean, the guy has been just a revelation. Oh, really? The dude was a defense-only center fielder, right? Like, he literally uh, was only good. He was, he was Bradley Zimmer. Like, they were literally bringing him in as a defensive replacement at the end of games. Jose Siri was playing 50% of the time. Yeah, 16 and the home Rays-
3: runs. What the heck?
1: I'm I'm there you go <laughs> No, I, I, you, you beat me to the punch there Brandon. That's exactly team. what I'm getting at What the heck yeah, yeah, So I just 24 on Sorry just talking this No 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 I was going to ask you Brandon When you uh, look at This AL East Who's going to the World Series out of it And Toronto Miami So we're putting no faith Toronto in
4: Texas. Miami yeah.
3: <laughs> Oh no dude we're going to sweep Texas Okay <laughs> Tex, they cannot beat Toronto in a playoff series. We've already learned this from the past uh, Fair. like almost a decade ago now.
5: No, but you're right. I can't really beat anyone in a playoff series. No, no they, they stink.
1: They're awful. This is super speculative, super speculative. If you each, and we'll go around the horn here, had to pick the ALCS, who are competing in the American League Championship Series to go to the World Series? Brant, we'll start with you.
2: I think Texas can win a series. I give them a chance to be in there. Um, I don't think it's the Rays, honestly. I think they're running out of health. I think Shane Max down again with his back issue. Yeah, he is. Um, I, Which has I don't know how deep. And then season, t- but, yeah. Tyler Glasnow just got lit up yesterday. I don't trust them all that much to be that good. Um, I I would say maybe Texas and Houston. <laughs> Houston's too good to not keep doing it.
6: That, that was who I was going to say. Uh, I yeah.
5: was going to say the exact... Yeah, that's... Just, it, seemed, the table. it seems
2: too easy, but, like... The other ones are just for fun. Like, if you say anybody else, you're kidding yourself. Like, Houston's been the best franchise in the majors for eight, seven years, give or take. And then Texas just looks like they have it all right now.
5: Asterisk, but yeah.
1: Sure, yeah. You're right, but... but nobody's picking Minnesota? <laughs> Why they need to
3: abolish that? Are
1: they even going to win the division? I mean, Uh, is Cleveland
3: going to figure it out? Forty-two. I mean, figure it out. I mean,
1: uh, Cleveland. This is the thing. Like, I love that you put it that way because it's like, is Cleveland going to figure it out? They don't even need to. Like, Minnesota's forty-two and forty-three. Cleveland's forty and forty-two. Like, they're right there. (laughs) They're half a game back.
3: I was I was going to say Shane Bieber is a good target to get if you just want to destroy the prospect pool, but. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade him. They're though. just not.
2: They. It sucks because nobody in the Central is in a position to sell because they could. <laughs> they, they can have an <laughs> average I'll... month and win it. Yeah, it's like, the same with. You don't even have to have Dallas, a good uh, month. Like uh, you could go six games above
1: five hundred and be in the lead of the division. What the is it? Detroit. True? The Detroit yeah. Tigers are ten games below five hundred, and they're four games back in the man. division lead. <laughs> just
2: wild. It's the awful. ALCS is going to end up being like Detroit and the Yankees or
1: something. It's,
3: it's
2: gonna be something stupid. It's
3: not even that. It's the NL Central as well. It's just like it's there's just so many s- small market teams in that region. So you you have like Milwaukee, like every single season. And to be fair, Milwaukee does have um
5: like a good organization there. They don't. Like They've just a bunch been of money, good
2: but. forever. Never been great. They've just been good
5: it's yeah. got to change the format to top-seeded teams and that's yeah. that and you know, no, it's, dirty, it's so simple nope. it's it's just this is such convoluted bullshit and it should always be the best teams facing the best teams done
3: are we allowed to swear i didn't know we were allowed to swear <laughs> i've been swearing a lot
1: oh fucking <laughs> give her bud
5: oh
3: fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i try not to do it no, on twitter but i mean
1: it, it truly is i mean jack i couldn't agree more i mean what are we doing they you're you're getting you're getting teams to play 162 games and then you're going to not put the best teams yep. forward like ugh, just so gross it's so,
5: it's so arbitrary you know and it it cheapens uh it cheapens the competition of the sport truly
6: yes it does and I, and it, it would require a commissioner who actually cares about the integrity of the sport, <laughs> he
1: doesn't no, even like
6: the
2: sport. we don't
3: have that we you don't. mean the guy
2: who called that. the world series trophy a piece of metal doesn't care about our
3: sport is Firstly, that what you're telling me i'm not even mad at houston look if you're not cheating you're not trying at this point. right
4: <laughs> yeah all the they, power they, to they, you they,
3: they cheated they got caught the punishment was not nearly enough they lost what like a first round pick yeah that's gonna that's gonna stop the houston astros
6: well, and then what's to deter any other team from figuring out how to cheat as well, right? If the punishment is so light, might as well set up an even playing field at that point. They well, should have made least... them
5: keep their dome open for an entire season in Houston.
1: That's... <laughs> Close.
2: Keep it closed the whole season.
1: I mean, at least, oh, no. they punished the... <laughs> at least they punished the Astros a little bit and didn't just tell them to go wash their hands. So a little bit yeah. there, right? Really. Um, did they punish the to- Astros
2: really though? Like they punished the coaching staff.
5: They punished <laughs> the Astros cuz people found out. I find it yeah. so hard to believe that the league just like didn't know any of this was going on. No.
1: Yeah. Which is the league's MO, Jack, right? Everything's a go until people find out and then we'll change the rules mid-season. Like that's that's literally what they did with spider tack and I hate the sticky stuff. I really do and I'm glad that they cracked down on it, but also they didn't crack down on it. So now they're just, they're just like the whole league is all about lip service.
5: Oh, yeah. Cause you can still use the mix of rosin and sweat that's basically the exact same stickiness. Yeah. And you're not getting trouble for that. But, you know, as long oh, as, sure. and, uh, like,
1: Mr. Perfect. Let's face game. it, this is a problem that could have been solved so quickly and so easily had they just tacked the balls. It just, just pre-tack it. This is the ball every single freaking team is using. Away we go. Problem solved. A,
2: u- a uniform solution for the whole league would solve every problem that we have. It doesn't even Again. have to just be tacked up balls. Like if you give them one thing that everyone can use if they want yes.
5: to. Every player it solves lines all the problem. up. Every player lines up for a steroid injection in the butt.
3: <laughs> Bring back steroids. It's my hot take of the day. Yeah, but like, mandate they... them. Mandate yeah, them. Yeah,
5: that's right. These steroids
1: aren't increasing the Not spin on my curveball at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We are going to move along here and start getting. You know what? I think we do have time to, because I was going to do this last Shohei topic as if we have time. And I think we're going to have time. So let's talk Shohei Otani a little bit because the guy is, I mean, at this point, I think he's arguably the greatest ball player of all time. And he's definitely the greatest ball tip player I've ever seen. Uh, the guy is. So I was going over the numbers. And so. Before I say any of this, I do want to just state that it is, in my opinion, more unlikely that he does any of these than it is likely he does any of it. But it is insane that we're able to, at the halfway point of a season, talk about the fact that Shohei could do the following things. He could win the Triple Crown. He could be the American League leader in home runs with 63 beating Aaron judges record just made last year. He could lead major league baseball in strikeouts and he could win a Cy young. Again, I know that, uh, it's unlikely he does all of this, but the fact there's a guy that we're talking about doing any of them is pretty insane. Brett, do you want to jump in and, and can can we say anything with Shohei
3: is unlikely anymore? He had a home run today too.
1: Of course,
2: everything he's done so far is like, oh, it's unlikely that he does both. It's unlikely that he becomes a great hitter. It's unlikely that he 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 stays healthy. He's done it all, like all the way along. I used to be a big Shohei naysayer, and I'm like, I'm well off of that at this point. Yeah, you mentioned he could win the triple crown. He could win both triple crowns, like he has like a legitimate shot to win the hitting and pitching triple crown this year. It's ridiculous.
1: The fact he could lead the league in strikeouts. Like he could lead the league in strikeouts. and He's running away with the home runs. <laughs> like yeah.
3: uh, it's I, I use this analysis as well. Okay, so you know how sorry, Brett, Austin Matthews scored 60 goals last season. Was he unanimous heart? Nick David's like, Oh, I'm petty, I'm gonna score sixty-three, and that's what I feel like with show. Shohei right now. Yeah, you're <laughs> <It's laughs> right. like, okay. So he's gonna he's gonna hit sixty home runs, I'm gonna hit sixty, whatever, sixty-nine or something. Maybe 70. Let's go. And you know,
5: for all the hype about Vladdy, like this is the generational talent. This is no one can, no one can debate. There's no argument. I would look, I was sour when he got the MVP nod over Vladdy. I I was, I was not happy about that. And I realized that, you know, like there's, there was merit for both to be selected, but like, we're way past that. Okay. I'm not a whiner about that anymore like mm-hmm. we're talking Babe Ruth comparisons they got the tungsten o'doyle arm memes about him like he's in his 6th mlb season and like not even a no question hall of famer but like like when you get to the hall of fame there's going to be more pictures of him than fucking babe ruth okay uh, yeah this is there's a
2: generation. You
6: can't compare him to Babe Ruth at this no. point. This is a guy that people no.
5: will
2: Ruth can't still be job. talking
5: about people will be talking about Shohei Otani a hundred years from now. Okay. Yeah. Like that's not that's not hyperbole. That's not an exaggeration. A hundred years from now, when there's like space trains and shit flying around, people yeah. are gonna be like, Oh yeah, Shohei Otani, the greatest ball player of all time. It's nuts.
1: It is that's a, Robin shot. Robin chat here says he's like, he could also fly without assistance or possibly walk across the ocean. Probably. I mean, what can't he do?
6: <laughs> well, and after, that, after that MVP season, right. I thought, okay, you know, how, how, what, how much more does this guy have in him? Right.
2: Apparently much.
6: And, and much, we much have no idea where that ceiling is. He just keeps raising it all on his own. And, we've we've run out of superlatives to to describe this guy it's absolutely unbelievable what's what's even more unbelievable is that before he joined the mlb you know you could argue that the angels had the best player mm -hmm. of all time already mm -hmm. and then they went out and got this guy
1: watching him the other week like watching him the other week leave the game with some some soreness and then st- uh, off the mound and then stay in the game as the DH and still take it bats. Like uh, it's just, Wait till it's it's like said, there's no words. There's just, yeah.
2: Um, real quick. Jack brought up the, um, what do you call it? The Vladdy MVP where, or what could have been the Vladdy MVP. And that seemed like a discussion at the time. Is anyone here against Aaron judges MVP from last year's
3: yet? Yes. Yes, like yeah, just, He's a, just, he's hey, a New hey, uh, York Yankee Obviously, yeah.
2: yeah, he's a Yankee, sure But if you look at what the Yankees are this year without Judge And I think that was the thing last year It was like, Aaron Judge is the MVP Because if you took him off the Yankees, they would stink Well, you took Judge off the Yankees this year And they stink without him
5: <laughs> I don't have a logical argument against <laughs> it I just, like, it's all it's all pure emotion and hatred And there's no That's fair
4: There's I'm with no you there. yeah, logic at fair. all It's well. just
5: when I hear his name, I just my blood boils you know he is a real nice guy I've, i I've do him, like him and that makes it so much worse person. that makes it like like if he was a real terrible person like yeah. i mm-hmm. that, this would be easier but yeah. i know that he's a good person and it makes it so much harder to hate him yeah mm-hmm. but i still do which makes it even worse <laughs> oh you, you can't
1: if he
3: was if he was a giant i would like him
6: Aaron judge
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you end up going up, love, uh,
6: lovely human being, he's yeah, on he's exactly, a, he's a lovely human being,
3: but he's a Yankee at the same time. Therefore, Honestly, he I wears <laughs> the wrong jersey, but he is a great human. <laughs> oh,
6: absolutely, great ball player, great person. I, I absolutely love him. I really do. I don't care as a Jays fan, no, yeah. I don't, I have no problem saying it. I'm he's
4: not good a good
2: fan, sport. but I was sitting in the first baseline corner last year and uh, I was watching him, he was. Warming up with a ball boy, and he's like, no, I'm done. Went up to this, like, seven-year-old kid. He goes, hey, put your glove on. And they started playing catch for his entire warm-up, and that was his whole warm-up, just throwing with this kid. I'm like, man. Like, picks out a Yankees fan, finds him, plays with him. I'm like, that kid had his life made right there. Yeah, That's all it takes, and he's just so good with stuff like that. I'm like,
1: I can't hate this guy. I should, but I can't.
5: See, that just makes me continue hating him, but hating myself in the process. Yes, (laughs) thank
1: you, Jack. As long as we're on the same page here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pinstripes, man. Can take a real good person and just make me dislike him. All right, let's do some topics here. Did anyone have anything to add on Shohei Ohtani before we move on? Uh, How long until he breaks the uh, single season home run record? That's a really good question. I love that question because I'm starting to believe it's just a matter of time. It's Shohei Otani. There's nothing mm-hmm. he can't do. No. Uh, let's go around the horn. To, let's just a yes or no. Brent, do you think Shohei could hit 63 home runs, even not this year, just, just in his career? Is it possible? Aaron? Oh, I think 63 is in easy danger. in his career. I'm thinking the other home run
2: record, the actual home run record that matters. Wow. I think if he, if he, in the next couple years, if he decides that he just wants to hit because pitching is too much on his arm or something, he could hit it. No problem.
5: And that's like with a few years, you know, not in the MLB <laughs> too. Like mm. that's, that's, that's a bold statement. Mm. Yeah. Can't it disagree. sucks that we
3: missed out on his first few years.
5: You know what? I, I think it's, it's, it's great for Japanese baseball. I think oh the absolutely N- the NPB is a fantastic league and I'm getting more into it as time goes on. And you know what? I'm all for sharing the wealth. Yeah.
1: Taco Time says this season, a few other people think he can do it. Um, I'm going to say. Who's saying he can't hit 75 this year?
4: Especially if (laughs) steroids are illegal. Yeah, he can't hit
1: 75 this year, but
5: uh, yeah.
4: You can't say he can't. He might. He
1: He might. might. Absolutely could.
5: I think we're at a point. I think we're at a point in baseball where uh, athletes are so well conditioned uh, that no record is unbreakable. And if there's any person in the league that's going to do it, it's him.
2: There's a couple of records that are pretty unbreakable, I think. Nolan Ryan strike a record all yeah. time. 56, be I don't think is ever
3: gonna be. 56 is either. a
2: tough one. Uh, what's it called? The the games in a row. I can't remember fucking who Cal Ripken. Did oh, yeah, I,
5: Cal Ripken. Yeah, I, oh, I think um, look, people said people said that Lou Gehrig's Iron Man Streak couldn't be broken until Cal Ripken broke it. It was it was deemed there's a plaque at Yankee stadium for, for how Lou Gehrig's record will never be broken. And then like, what, like 30, 40 years later, they broke it. Like athletes Possible. are just, athletes are just different animals than they were 10, 20, 50 years ago. Uh, how many guys um,
2: played 162 games last year?
5: Yeah. Well, I don't these think guys there were many. <laughs> yeah. But like, they, these guys were plowing fields in the off season. Like sure. they weren't working out and, and like, oh. you know, eating kale, kale nope. smoothies. Like they were, you know, eating fried chicken and working fields. Like, they, you know, people were they were eating disgusting food because they didn't know any better. They were eating full sticks of butter and then going and like working in their father's radio shop. The Um, term sports science didn't even
2: exist.
4: (laughs) But I think sports science
2: is the reason why half of those records don't ever get broken. Is because you're not going to get guys that are playing 162 games a year because they know you can't. And no uh, one's allowed to do it. Yeah, but All you also
5: had, yeah. you, you had pitchers throwing complete games every game. Like, it's just such 600 innings sport. in
2: a
4: season. Yeah. It's
5: insane. It's, that's never happening again.
1: <laughs> All right. It is topics time. So we're going to go around the horn here and see what you folks have brought to the table. Uh, Jen, I know you were going to do buyers and sellers. Uh, do you have another topic or should we move along?
6: So I will, I'm, I'm really winging this one. Okay. Um, somebody sent me uh, a quote from today's game. Uh, It's from Kevin Gosman. Okay. So this is Kevin Gosman. I'm reading the tweet as written by Keegan Matheson. Okay. So Kevin Gosman's insight on the blue Jays, AL East struggles. I think we have a target on our back. It sounds bad to say, but people know how talented our team is. So they know they have to really bring it. If we don't bring it, they're going to have a higher intensity than us. Is that just excuse making? Are are other teams getting up for the Blue Jays because they believe the Jays are so talented? And that's why the Jays are being outperformed by the AL East. What do you make of those comments?
3: It. I think then you stop ahead. talking to the media because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, a lot of those quotes get thrown right back in her faces. You know, the whole movie yeah. thing, just just the tire pressure one as well. He he. Yeah. First clean in by the way, I think.
2: On one hand, like yeah, you're just saying it for the sake of saying it, but also like. You look at the series that we played. Jaron Duran had four doubles a day. When does Jaron Duran ever do anything good? Ryan Mountcastle tears us apart every single series we ever played. When is Ryan Mountcastle ever good when he's not playing the Jays? It's just like there does seem to be guys that get up to play the Jays, whether it backs up statistically or not. Maybe not, but it. I, I don't disagree with it.
6: But wouldn't you then in, think in turn that the Jays would get up to play the Yankees? They,
1: That is honestly, Jen, that's the part of the quote that just rubs me the wrong way is it's like what you can't get up to play the the Red Sox like they're in your division and have beat you four in a row the last time you played them. And now they get up and you can't like it just I I hate that quote. I I get it comes from a place of frustration, by the way, because I know Kevin Gosman constantly pitches gems and constantly takes the L. And the fact that he didn't get a W this game is maddening, especially after they took the 4-2 lead and actually finally put on a little insurance and to still lose it. But yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that comment.
5: On the, Especially because he's not getting run support. No. And I understand that he's trying to deflect from the players that aren't giving him run support. But let's be real. He is pitching some great games. And then what we're putting up like one, two runs and like losing, you know, three to two. Like, it's just, it's not acceptable. He's frustrated. He's trying to take the nice guy approach. He bumbled it a little bit. I yeah. still love Gosman. Always will.
6: I would Her- almost rather a no comment
2: they yeah. don't have that ability. Let's be real. None of them have that ability
5: anymore. It's so hard to, when you're coming off adrenaline like that, to like think rationally. And yeah. Like, Maybe I should keep my mouth shut.
3: Alec Manolo wearing any other jersey than a Blue Jays. You're like, I don't have the game on right now. Any I hate her jersey. It's such a weird look, man. He's wearing the Fisher Cats jersey. It's so, like, it's what?
4: To play I devil's mean. advocate
2: on the whole situation? Sorry, just real quick. I, I don't hate the fact that they're not going full bore for 13 games against the Red Sox to try and be the best possible team for 162. We mentioned sports science. You don't want to go 100% every single game because if you're blowing all of your energy to beat the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Orioles, the Rays, it's a lot of games that you're just spending that you're no longer, you're taking yourself out of the rest of the games of the year, especially with the balanced schedule this year. It's way different than it used to be.
3: Didn't they lose I don't like, know. only three games to Boston last season?
4: Yeah, yeah, but Boston sucked.
3: They just
2: yeah, could true. not figure it out
3: last year. I feel like this is kind of their revenge. Yeah, so Maybe they do. Have we more. also talked way too much shit
1: about the Red Sox. <laughs> well, it's the Red Sox. As
5: we should have, and we yeah. will do again if they have a shit season again.
1: Absolutely. The they second will. they're down, I'm kicking, baby.
5: But they're still below <laughs> us. <laughs> I...
1: So the Blue Jays, I, I just bring this up because we're talking about the Blue Jays not being able to get up for Boston and and their offense being so anemic in the most needed times. You, like, they won a 2-1 game against San Francisco on Thursday with three freaking hits. Three hits. They won a game with three hits. Like... This is why this team I haven't completely written them off because I'm 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 angry with them. I'm upset, I'm frustrated where this team is at. I really had high expectations coming into this season for them. But if you can win a game against a good team like San Francisco on three hits, that's how you win a playoff game. Right? And I I'm not saying that this team has given playoff vibes, especially not after this weekend. I'd look like a complete idiot saying that but they kind of gave playoff vibes against San Francisco and against the Marlins even though
6: and Two i good know teams, that a lot way.
1: of a yeah. lot of those who are good teams and a lot of those well, playoff vibes are cuz they are took games they aren't from
6: scoring Atlanta and and mm-hmm. they're good team right
1: they and play so, Atlanta?
6: you know but it's uh, this, May, it is May. their record against the AL East that is keeping them at where they are in the standings right and that's a fact Mm-hmm. I um, mean, you no. could
1: even go smaller. You could even say it's their record against Boston and Baltimore. Like, yeah. Right. Because
2: they've been okay against the Rays for the most part. Right. I think so they're only a game and, below 500.
1: They're six and six against six and six? the Yankees and the Rays combined. Okay.
4: But I think yeah, that's, what's really it. yeah. uh, that's what's really demoralizing
5: about it. Yeah, That's what's really demoralizing about it. Because, like, if we squeak through, squeak through with a wild card spot, who is it? It's an AL East team. But, like, it's not going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm.
6: And you know, like sometimes you have to give credit where credit is due. James Paxson pitched well on on Friday night. Yeah. Right. So sometimes you have to give credit where credit is due. But yesterday and today, winnable games. Winnable games that got thrown away in some fashion or another. And that's what's really frustrating. And that's where it's not necessarily the other team getting themselves pumped up to beat you you're beating yourself and that's that's way worse
2: yesterday came down to eight inches from Kevin Biggio and a bad decision from Louis Rivera and that would have changed the entire game which could have changed the entire series realistically
5: and today it was Romano coming in in a situation where he shouldn't have been like these are all these are all decisions and a a
2: bad throw from Vlad yeah that's all I think think that's
1: why I think that's why this season has been so difficult as a fan base is it's just they're beating themselves Yeah. after yeah. coming out to start the season and being like, we got to stop beating ourselves. It's the little things that matter.
5: <laughs> and it's always within grasp too. That's what really hurts about this. It's like they're, they're close, just painful losses.
2: It's nice to say that the little things matter until you're there and you're trying to focus on the little things and you try mm-hmm. too hard to focus on the little things. And then you screw up the little things. It seems to be kind of the case this year. They're trying so hard to make the little things matter that it's kind of hurting them a little bit.
3: They were one of the best. Uh, sorry, one of the worst base running teams last season. I think they've gotten worse. Like they have players that can steal now. Thankfully, with Kiermaier and uh, Merrifield, but I don't think they've gotten any better.
1: I Bo do, I gotten got
3: worse. I was so
2: waiting to slower. see where you were
1: going with that. Like you were like they were bad last year, and I was like, oh god, does Brennan have some sort of crazy stat that says they're good? And you're like, and and no. they're worse. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: like last season they just they couldn't nab bases. They've got thrown out. That's one thing. Like we, this season, it just seems like they're making really they can't run the bases, really dumb base running decisions, mm-hmm. which does not help when you can't hit with runners in scoring position. They're really running on Manila today.
5: Even that double steal today was like, mm, I probably shouldn't have worked out. No. Yeah. Or
2: Vlad steal after attempting it, the bold play. To his credit, too, Lourdes was one of the better <laughs> base runners on the team last year. Not like speed wise, but like in terms of intelligence on the base pass, like he was always a good base runner. One and of the now you've lost him.
3: Unathletic. Oh, yeah. Athletic looking for yep. people ever. Like it's... Weird looking, but he got it done. And that was, oh, yeah. No, I, you're now well, missing. That. that was sad when they threw him in there. I was,
4: Yeah,
3: I wasn't like Guriel on Twitter, where it's like, "Oh, sweet, we got Dalton Verso." I'm happy if they trade anyone, and then you see, oh, it's Guriel that was traded, and he's upset about it.
1: So, Brendan, before we move on and get uh, your topic, I do want to hear how Alec Manoa is doing. I know you've got the game on currently, or no, you don't. No, I do. Oh, oh, and we, you don't. You're like, I don't want to give this update.
3: Okay, well, um, so let's see. He has pitched one and one third inning, two hits allowed, one earned run, two walks. He hit a batter, So it's better which... than last time.
2: Yeah, he has two
1: walks. He has two walks and a hits batter in one point one innings,
2: and only giving up a run
4: though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean, better defense game, behind him.
5: Dogs, that yeah. last game was like you know. Uh, Thank God that wasn't strange, baby steps.
3: I, we're a step further than we were last game. He they've caught one runner, but they've stolen already three bases off of those. You know, just in a, inning and a third,
5: yeah. Wow, imagine That's you have like off of him. you have like a stud major league pitcher appearing on your minor league team, and he's like worse than who you have. Just
6: was anybody surprised that they were starting him at double A tonight? <laughs> P-
5: yeah, that was gonna be yeah. my question, so,
3: Yeah, Double uh, A had a hole in the rotation because Trenton Wallace went out. He's injured. Um, their reasoning made sense too. I don't think he should be able to be like seen right now. I think the FCL yeah. is not streamed. The I single think should just be hanging out in the complex. That's yeah, what I. Like, that's
6: my. What I'm suggesting is that after last outing, he he has a lot of work still to be done and i don't know that you want so many eyes on him yeah right whereas there are people from sportsnet there to report on this game Mm -hmm. right yeah shy is there right now like he's under the
1: microscope yeah right right and i just
6: if if self-esteem is any part of the issue i just feel like this is this is not a good move
3: i think it is i think I can't, like, it's obviously speculation on my behalf, but I do think the wild card, um, the game kind of did wet, mess with his mentality. But obviously, there's obviously mechanical issues and the pitch clock as well. But I do think a little bit is to do with the mental aspect of the game. If Again, confidence know, is your problem,
2: I don't think I, getting shelled in the Florida League and then Double A is going to help the confidence at all. Mean, I don't it's think this is no. helping anything, especially with the coverage that it's getting.
5: But no, I I agree I, with Brennan a hundred percent. I mean, I was I was in that press room after Manoa's uh, appearance during the wild card game, and if anyone else was there, if anyone else saw that press conference, that was a broken man. Like he was not wasn't the same even that bad.
3: Person. That's a no, thing. He, he, like, yeah, the no. first thing was bad, but he settled Outside in. That, and and,
5: fine. But yeah. but his but just like. I have never seen uh, a professional athlete look so dejected and hide it so well. Like he was, you know, he kept his composure. He was very, very good in that press conference, but man, that game broke him. And, and he has not been the same mentally since. And, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of keyboard warriors recently that have been uh, saying some things about, you know, his weight gain in the off season. I, I, I don't even want to touch on that, but I will say, if anything, that it's further evidence that he's going through something mentally and he needs mm-hmm. support and he doesn't need a million cameras in his yeah, face. And, you know, like this is something that I think should be happening quietly behind the scenes. This is a guy that something's going on. And and it, I think a, the team has a responsibility to keep him out of the spotlight during this.
1: Agreed. We still I'm, struggle to batters. So I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here for a second. Adam and I did a video on Wednesday, basically breaking down what has happened with Alec Manoa after his start at the Florida Complex League. And it was really interesting on something personal with David Sampson. He brought up, he kind of had ended his Wednesday podcast with five minutes on Alec Manoa. And as a member of, former member of the Marlins front office, he's kind of got that front office view of things. And what he was saying is that, it was either horrible mismanagement by them, not removing him from the game sooner. Even if the game plan was he goes three innings, you could easily, with with eyes on, you just change. You know, nobody knows. You could just pull him after the first yeah. inning and some trouble and be like, hey, he struggled. Uh, we did what we wanted to do. It's no big deal. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah, you got Patrick Watt. Exactly, Jack. <laughs> Very well put. Exactly. And that was actually... Part of the video, too, that, you know, Adam brought that up was just the Patrick Waugh of it all. And David Sampson went on to say that the only way that it was either a big mistake on the organization's part or there was a message being sent. Now, if there's a message being sent, the only person that message would be would be for Alec Manoa. And so the tinfoil hat of this whole thing is that the Blue Jays sent him out knowing he wasn't right. In that Florida complex start, because maybe he has pushed back a little on changing some things on conditioning on whatever it may be, right? Because as an organization who is so thorough, and we know the Blue Jays are uh, a very thorough organization that constantly has the numbers in front of them. And I have had the head of the mental performance department on the show, Robert D. Bernardo. He's a brilliant man, and he knows psychology inside and out. So it just seems like there's no way the Jays didn't know they'd be messing with a young man's confidence that already was pretty... you know, on the edge. So I'm just curious where everyone's thoughts are on this. Is it possible the Blue Jays were sending a message or am I just reading way too much into this and grasping at straws to trying to figure out what's wrong with our ex-ace?
5: I want to hope you're wrong. Like, I, I want to believe that that's, I mean, I'm not going to say tinfoil hat, but I, I want to believe that's a stretch. I can't rule it out. I can't even say that I have any plausible reason to say it's not true. But if it is... Um, someone needs to be held accountable for that because mental health, whether in sports or out of sports is an extremely serious issue. It has not been taken seriously in sports. It has not been taken seriously in hockey. It has not been taken seriously in the NFL. And, you know, I don't know specifically how it's gone down in the MLB, but like if someone is struggling and their team is like, we're going to put you out and just get lit up to prove a point. People need to be fired.
3: Mm -hmm. i know that they like there's there's a fine line between the way like if you go on twitter and people will be like oh yeah the burgers blah 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 and someone who's gained 100 pounds since covid i mean like it's irritating um but the organization uh from what scott mitchell reported on overdrive was that the organization was not happy with that um i don't think they want to send a message like that though i think the game plan was just hey go pitch this amount of Innings or this amount of pitches, and then um you'll be taken out. But obviously, I don't. I don't think anyone expected him to give up eleven earned runs. He was. Done By the way, it.
1: I do want to clarify. This is this is just from my brain, all speculation. I know nothing, honestly. I was just trying to figure out why they would send him back out. I mean, if you look at his line, even after two innings, he'd allowed two earned or five earned runs. And then they put them back out in the third to just get completely hammered. Uh, It just didn't make sense to me, which is why I am kind of grasping at straws, because I want to believe this organization isn't a bunch of bumbling idiots. And the amount of times over the last like four months that I've been like, they're either completely negligent or they're idiots. I I, I don't want to like, I don't want to constantly be saying that, right? I want to believe in the organization that I'm cheering for.
6: Well, and then the spin afterwards, right? It was yeah. about the process, not the results. And we saw mm-hmm. some positive things. And how often did we hear the SportsNet crew repeat those those phrases? Um, which I just don't buy, by the way. I, I think I think it would have been easier to just simply say uh that wasn't what we hoped for. And we will continue to work on with Manoa on his long-term success. That's what they should have said. Yeah.
5: And of course, they are, you know, the mouthpiece of the yeah. ownership. So we have to take things like that with a grain of salt. But look, mm-hmm. I
4: mean. right?
6: It... I, absolutely. I know that was coming from ownership, right? Or coming from the front office. But the front office would have been better off simply saying, you know, all, all they had to say was, we are committed to the long-term success of Alec Manoa, Right rather than trying to gloss over what that yeah, outing no. was.
3: I think, okay, Um, I don't. So he did give up those 11 runs. There's really no sugar cone in that. You're giving them up to teenagers who are more than likely amped up. Hey, there's a they want former... to show what they can do too. Yeah, no, a former Cy Young candidate right here. Let's just tee up on him. And you can see the difference between then, like the box score in this game right here. Kevin wants to
1: just say they got up for him. They got too yeah, up for him. It's not exactly. awesome. no, and
3: I think <laughs> there's some truth to that, but I I don't think you could shive your coat. Like I don't there's no positives if you go down and face teenagers and you give up 11 or 9. On the no... other
2: side of things, none of us watched the start, right? I don't I don't know if any no, of you guys saw know. it. No, he it's... very well could have been working on something that no, he really. knew coming into it he was gonna get his shit pumped. And it didn't matter. You give up 11 runs, you give up six runs. It doesn't matter. You need to go out there and try and locate the slider better or get some spin here or do this or do that. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, ahead of time, it's like, I'm pitching this way. They know I'm pitching this way and they're going to hit me, but I need to no, see if yes. I can try and do this a little differently than I've been doing it.
1: Which makes the important. move to double A even weirder. Mm-hmm. Like, if that better, is your process, yes. right? If you're just, you're
2: just same concept, though, to, right? I, th- I yeah. think, I think. It's just a better spot to be in right now. They had a hole. You just need someone to save your arms yeah. in double A. You're going to go out and face batters anyways. You don't care if you get the win or not. You're just going out there to throw and try
1: and
6: work it's, on it's Alec Manoa. It's the attention on him, hitters. though, that I think That's is That's a problem. little tougher. That's the problem. Yeah.
1: So out of curiosity, what do you guys think, uh, or you folks, I should say, uh, think with when it comes to Alec Manoa in double A, if he gets, you know, like if he really struggles over, let's say he gets two starts in double A and he's really struggling. Like, doesn't it look bad to send him down to Vancouver? Do you think he gets two starts in Double A? I don't think he does. Do you think he goes right? To I think he goes Buffalo?
3: back to the
2: complex tomorrow.
3: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's possible. Okay. I, I don't no,
2: think. Yeah, he's, no I don't think they're keeping Austria, him there yeah. to be a pitcher in, in Double A. I think they're no. giving him a start there because the spot came up. Right.
1: I think also better
3: better up. competition to kind of see where he is. Like,
1: so they're <laughs> just gonna yo-yo him all over wherever I think there's so. a spot. And okay, that I, I think, that I can.
4: Tim Cole had time. <laughs> I
3: think that the FCL game was probably to be like just pitch, yeah. locate it
4: Look, in, in four
3: years, no one's going to give a crap if you have like a 137 ERA in fucking no. the <laughs> FCL, right? No. I think this one is more to be like, okay, let's let's t- test you against some guys who are almost MLB ready. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see how you do pitching against them. I think that's just conspiracy, purely speculation, but that is how
5: I'm reading into it. Bit of a tangent before we leave this topic. Uh, as a journalist, I am like really hung up on how double A is spelled out instead of just using two A's. That really bothers me. We are using eight characters, including a dash for a two character word. I know, <laughs> I know I'm know. i derailing the podcast, but I just needed to get that out of my head.
6: Well, I, I guess because AA also represents something else. So just um, to- Yeah, oh, uh,
1: but you know- Alex Anthopolis, and that's a yeah. sore spot for us. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Exactly
6: what I was referring to.
1: <laughs>
5: Which is the reason some of us are in AA. <laughs>
3: <laughs> After last night, I am <laughs> Jesus. uh No, it's it's frustrating to spell when when you cover prospects and literally all you do is like write about double. A. It's like double A. Why do I have to keep writing this? I could just press Shift to two A's. You know like it's frustrating
5: <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. just I, sorry. I needed to be heard there.
1: <laughs> okay, Brennan uh, Do you have a topic for today, buddy?
3: I was going to say Manoa and then the All-Star game, but uh, Those
1: kind of Stepped on those? Yeah Okay, well we can move along to Brant here we're, I can we're take it on one
4: for you though
1: You Excuse me let us know Brant, what what do you want to talk about today, bud? I had a couple, uh,
2: obviously we Already touched on Guillermo, so I don't really have anything There, but um, okay. I do want to talk About Louis Rivera a little bit um, does it not seem like Louis Rivera makes way too many mistakes as a third base coach to be noticed that much? Like this is it seems like there's always something like every couple of weeks where it's just like, oh, Louis Rivera had a bad send. Louis Rivera didn't send a guy. And I know it probably comes with the territory as a third base. You're like, you always think, Oh, it could have been better if he did this. But it seems to happen a lot with Louis Rivera. And I don't I don't know if that's just me, but that's what I'm kind of looking at after this series.
1: So, I don't know the numbers, Brant. And mm-hmm. I, I would actually, if there's Me someone neither. in the ground screw here, or someone in the chat who wants to do the homework here and see if uh, you can actually break down how many, what's the average amount of mistakes a third base coach makes and what Luis Rivera is at. That's probably the best way to figure that out. But I will say, without knowing the numbers, if there is a mistake that stands out, it's always going to be the third base coach mistake. Sure. It's not going to be the first base. Co- I mean, yes, the first base, co- like, Bo shouldn't have been waved today to go to second, no. but it's the the stakes are so much higher when you're holding yeah. a guy up at third or waving him home, right? Because it, even even if yesterday's game, instead of Bo getting thrown out at home, he'd been at third, and mm-hmm. then let's say Vladdy just or uh, who was up to bat there? Chappy strikes it, Yeah, Ooh, let's, let's say I mean, strikes let's out. Let's be real, right? It's possible, yeah, very
2: yeah, possible right now,
1: which is incredibly possible. I know personally. I would have been like, why didn't they just risk yeah. it and see if Bo could have scored? So, yeah, um, I would have but,
5: I would have waved Bo home, and you know what? He hesitated on the third baseline, and you could you just mm-hmm. easily blame him for that one. So, I now, don't know.
2: On the hesitation side of it, is do you think Louis Rivera sees Bo Bichette and what he's become over the years in terms of speed, and kind of saw him? He's like, yeah, that's Bo. He can run, and then you're like, wait, he's slow as shit nowadays, and kind of like thought maybe this isn't a great idea. I don't think he can beat it out. Because if we're talking like 2019, Shet, I think he at least makes that that play close. What happened to his base running?
4: I don't know. It's, it's he so was good.
2: It's so he's current. He in 2019, he was in the 83rd percentile for sprint speed. 2021, he was 74th. This year, he's 43rd.
6: His hair acts wow. as a parachute,
2: but he's had the hair the whole time.
6: <laughs> it's a little I, longer. It's than, longer. A
1: little more weight. A little long.
2: I see someone. He's really also gotten, gotten a little thicker, like upper body wise. Like he it's does get fuller. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: No, yeah,
2: I don't
6: I honestly don't know what happened to his speed. I I was was watching the game uh, and I I my first thing was they sent him. Yeah. Right. Like I was I I would not have sent him. Um, I literally was like they sent him on that. And then you saw the actual play again and saw the hesitation. I'm like, I don't even know whose fault this is. But this was bad all around. Um, With regards to Louis Rivera, I I wonder with other because I don't watch other teams enough to know if they're also yelling about their third base coach um, all of the time. You know, Rivera has been around for a really long time. I am somewhat surprised he's lasted this long, but he does work with the infield. And if he is credited at all with, for instance, uh, Vlad's shift to first base and his improved defense there and the improved defense that we're seeing from Bo this year, if he's in any way credited with that,
2: I think former improved defense from Vlad, but yeah,
6: sure. Okay. Fair. Uh, You know, that buys him a fair amount of leeway.
1: So yeah. to, to touch on the bow speed thing, Chucharu says bows bulked up substantially since they yeah. look at him. And he practice. does look thick. He, he is, he is definitely yeah. put on muscle and that it could just Greases. be as simple as that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Thick like a snicker. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have no idea. Like it's an issue with like 11 or 11 is going to have that issue as well. Like he is going to get even bigger. Um, He's very slow, uh, or Levis Martinez, but it it's something when people bulk up, they lose their experience, Yeah, which kind of sucks uh, I'll take it with Bo though,
2: time. he's hitting what 315, 316 with yeah, 13 homers, I, 14 homers.
5: I think his I value value. I don't care if he's fast anymore. Yeah, because he's yeah. driving in runs. It doesn't even yeah. matter. And once he's okay. on base, there's no one to drive him in. So exactly. <laughs> Okay, so this
1: transitions really well into my topic. So we will go to you in a second here, Jack, but because Brennan kind of touched on it, I'll get to it here. So, um, Robus Martinez in April was hitting a buck 89 with an OPS of 434. Um, since okay. May 10th, he is 43 for 144. He's hitting 300. He's got an OPS of 1047 and he's walking at a 15.6% rate uh which nearly as many walks as strikeouts 28 walks to 30 strikeouts. We're going to see where Baseball America puts him but my guess is he finds his way back into the top 100 when they put out their midsummer top 100 rankings. Uh Brennan, you're following the minor league guys, the closest. And we'll of course touch on what everyone thinks about this, but is a Martinez moving back up the prospect rankings in your opinion. And even on a, on a more hopeful question, can you see him contributing to this blue Jays team in a year or two? Is he a legitimate replacement for maybe a third baseman? (laughs) So,
3: I was trying to tell a lot of people last season. I'm like, he's so young for the double A level, but he's still hitting 30 home runs. You have to, it's kind of the thing where you look at that. Um, The first month, he was just really unlucky. Uh, A lot of nice plays were made against him and he was like smashing the ball on the ground, of course, but the tools have always been there. The power is insane. He just smacks the ball. But now that you have added um the plate discipline that he has now, that's why he's walking so much and because they're just terrified that this guy's gonna send a nuke to Great Britain. That's how hard it's the ball. So no, I, I, I think that he definitely can contribute and probably two years. It depends with Chapman as well. Like if they can't re-sign him, is Barger the next guy up or is it someone
1: else? Brennan, out of curiosity, what is Aralvis's third base ability is he's, he, he, he's got a good arm. Is he? Yeah. Where I would uh, where would you rank him as a as a double A third baseman? Is he average? Yeah, he he's he's good for work
3: there. Um, he he'll definitely be able to stick at third base. He's not a shortstop. He just doesn't have the range, and like he's going to bulk up even more. So, I, I think that. So, uh,
1: Aralvis Martinez is 21 years old. The average age in double A, by the way, is 24. Jen, do you see a possibility where Aralvis Martinez maybe has been given up on too soon for how young he is? Or maybe, I, I don't mean given up on, obviously the organization hasn't given up on, but he, his luster and his hype is definitely worn off to fans. Do you think there's a world where people were just judging him as a 20 year old too quickly?
6: I think so. I, I think, uh, you know, I think the average fan gets really high on a prospect. And then if that prospect doesn't continue to perform at that level, then all of a sudden, you know, the fan base loses interest or doesn't, you know, writes them off because they're not following the entire trajectory of their career. Right. not everybody Mm -hmm. is into prospects. Um, So they hear a name or they see a stat line and they, that gets them excited. But if that isn't sustained then they just, you know, ignore it. So, yeah, I think he's far too young to to have anybody sort of write him off. Uh, and I do see him as potentially a third baseman of the future, potentially.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure would be nice. Brandt, uh,
6: anything to add on Aralvis Martinez or Jack? Anything to say here?
3: Got nothing. I just want to point out that Alec Manoa was also hit by a comebacker. He's still in the game. Yeah, I posted it to Twitter as I was.
2: All of my prospect information comes from Brennan.
1: So if he <laughs> hasn't
2: said it, then yeah. I
1: don't have it. Yeah, so. Yeah. for everyone in yeah. chat, by the way, Brennan, do you want to shout out your Twitter? Because you, everything you post there, if you folks want to know about the affiliates and the prospects coming up in this Blue Jays system, Brennan is the guy. So go ahead and plug yourself here, bud. Uh,
3: my Twitter account is Brennan underscore L Delaney an underscore before the d as well Wait, shit can i redo that <laughs> uh, it's a uh, bread underscore l underscore d that's my twitter handle i sometimes post clips um talk about prospects i'll write for blue jays nation and, and nation.
1: where do people go to find your articles blue jays nation blue jays nation yeah awesome all right appreciate the show. all right give
3: me time to shout out
1: <laughs> There you go. All right, Jack, let's end on you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming back, buddy. Always like having you on the show. I love chatting baseball with you. What is your topic for today?
5: Uh, I brought two. They're both light. I'll just give you one. I mean, we had such a heavy conversation last time <laughs> I was on. I figured I would keep things a little light. So um, not sure if you guys saw uh, the video shared by the Jays for Canada Day. Uh, but Bo Bichette was among the handful of players that had no idea what loonies and toonies are Must be uh, nice. so I'm Must a little nice. bit I'm a little bit concerned here okay like like we have we have players like Kiermaier who are just like all in on the culture and we have Bo who has played for the team for years and it's just like I don't know what are they cartoons like Dude, give me a break. We need So yeah, we, we're having a bow intervention. That's how we're ending this show. I don't think
2: I don't think Bo's ever had to deal with a loony. Or what's Suny a
4: loony?
5: His oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's never handled small change. But, like, <laughs> small change, but like, <laughs> I, until he learns
2: about, uh, Didn't know, we milk. had coins until now.
5: Yeah, it's still going to learn about bag milk. it's still saying something about about, you know, his adoption of the team and culture, the country's culture, right?
4: Yeah.
6: Even that's if you're not spending small change, you would think you would have come across a loony or a toonie at some <laughs> points.
5: Or, like point. or just like be aware they exist at the very least.
4: Yes. Yes. Like,
5: like Chappie and Mitch White also thought they were cartoons. I cannot blame either of them. They haven't been here forever. So that's, that's my thing I'm bringing to the table today. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I missed that completely, buddy. Boba Shet doesn't know what a loony and a toony is. That's very
6: disappointing. Does I he know what? Does he know what a double double is?
5: I don't think they covered that, uh, but there some, <laughs> it's a, a really, it's a really fun one if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's on Blue Jays YouTube channel. It's also on my Twitter, which has a lot less clicks than the YouTube channel of the Blue Jays.
1: <laughs> jack thank you so much for joining us buddy i'll give you a second here to uh plug what you're working on where can people find you and uh what do you got coming up here you got you're writing any good stuff here i know you're writing for blog to
5: yeah so i'm a writer and a news editor at blog to um Nothing too spicy coming up. No uh, Anthony Bass style coverage, mm-hmm. at least that I know of. But uh, and you, I, can... you know what? Good. Hopefully, good. For- yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There's, there's... still
2: seventy something games left. You never know. Yeah.
5: And and Ugh. there's and there's a few players on our team liable to do similar mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore Lando. Uh, some real unhinged tweets. Complete waste of your time. Hope to <laughs> see you there.
1: All right. And Brant, we finally have managed to get you on the show. So this is your debut appearance. I hope that you enjoyed it, right? I had a blast. I hope I did all right.
2: I hope I didn't say anything too stupid.
1: No, we look forward to having you back. But of course you run your own podcast, The Flight Deck. Where can people find it? Uh, I don't
2: even know the own handle, but if you go to my Twitter uh, or Instagram or anything at Brant Dubs, it's in the it's in the description there. You can find it. Everything that I do. I have that podcast, everything that I write, podcast, everything. It's all there.
1: Connor, who's in the chat, who has been on the show numerous times, always has the handles down. So I'm so I proud hope, of him because I, I don't. hope Connor <laughs> gives you shit for this.
2: <laughs> well. He probably will. It's okay. There's like three different handles. I didn't do it very well. And I don't <laughs> I don't remember which one's which.
3: The like but... deck with an underscore. Yeah, yeah.
2: One of them. Is that what it is? Brendan knows. Brendan something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. And Jen, our, our iron person on the show, we always love having you on. You're just a mainstay and we love that. Where can people find you on Twitter?
6: People can find me at baseball underscore Jen. And that's Jen with two ends.
1: Jen with two ends. All right. Everybody in the chat, thank you so very much for following along and being involved. Fingers crossed the Blue Jays. Now that we're not dealing with AL East teams, can uh have some wins as we go into the all-star break. All the best, everybody. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday.
4: Oh! shows to picture.
1: Thanks for listening.